Welcome to Churchpreneur's Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church theology and faith related. Churchpreneur's vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness and fulfilling the great commission in our communities in this generation. Churchpreneur's hopes to embolden you to fulfill the great commission beyond your own borders into the rest of the world in this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church, theology, and hopefully to empower you in your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. Today, we've got an awesome treat. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get more into uh, interviewing people, and I interview just my best friends. I like the people I interview. And so today, we're interviewing... I've got with me as a special guest, Andy Fronius. Um, Andy, uh, I met Andy, I think actually via the interwebs before we were even in Germany. Coming to, to Germany, uh, people said, hey, uh, you wanted a youth ministry, you gotta reach out to Andy. And so I reached out to Andy uh, on Facebook, I believe, and we just uh, struck up a quick friendship right away. Uh, Andy has been in youth ministry uh, for quite a long time. We got to know each other, like I said, um, uh, via the interwebs and then in person when I moved to Germany. And uh, we became right away youth ministry colleagues, uh, friends, um, and uh, just really, really liked the guy. And so welcome, Andy, to Churchpreneurs. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me. What a treat. Actually, I feel honored to be on your podcast. It's actually the first podcast I'm on in, in my life. Wow. No, come on. All right. Now we feel really honored. <laughs> I've been in, in Instagram interviews or, you know, but podcast, I think this is it. This is the first time. This is the first one. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So we're doing the video thing. So if you can't see us, sorry, um, you can listen, but uh, you can also see us. We got a lot of uh, cool setups here and Andy's hopefully going to show us. He's got some props, maybe. I don't know. We, we're, this is going to be exciting. We're just going to try it all or try. We'll figure it out. Right. All right. The tour. So if you can see Andy, he's actually in his uh, in his studio. So let me give a little background. Um, like I said, we got to know Andy um, uh, via youth ministry. He was here in, so we're in the south of Germany. Um, uh, me, I'm in the south of Germany. Uh, Andy, um, we got to know each other when he was in Basel doing youth ministry with Young Life. So uh, years there, uh, how long were you there, Andy, with Young Life? I worked with Young Life for seven years. Okay, and all that in the Basel area, is that, am I right about that? All that, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So exactly. Basel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Andy's German, but uh, also uh, worked in, in Basel, like I said, uh, with, the, with the Swiss and all the international community there. There's a ton of international kids there. Youth ministry was his calling. And uh, so, yeah, that was, his, that was how, where we got to know each other, that setting there. And then um, uh, God called him uh, to adopt four kids. Um, so yeah, so we want, we got a lot to talk about today, um, uh, adopt not, not only four kids, but four Romanian, uh, gypsy kids. Uh, if I understand that correctly, right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and that, Anna. that's right. So, no, it's, you're right. right on point. Right, man. Sweet. So we'll get into all that today. Uh, but, uh, the reason I called, uh, Andy on is there is a churchpreneur in this world. He's it. 
um, just with social media, with with young people reaching young people using technology, using uh, and we'll hear from them today on on all the camera stuff, all the video, multimedia, the whole nine yards. He does it and uh, and actually does it in a way that's really relational. So it's going to be exciting. He also in that time when he moved to Romania to, to, to adopt his kids, he founded a youth ministry uh, uh, empowerment. Let's call it a youth ministry empowerer um, like for youth guys. <laughs> He's like, well, OK, no, really, I think it's a it's a ministry that empowers youth ministers uh, called Mr. Jugendarbeit. Um, and uh, that word Jugendarbeit means just uh, youth worker. So it's a German ministry to the German speaking world. And so we'll get into all that. He'll explain all that to us today. So welcome, Andy. Thanks for taking the time with us. So thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. So really here we go. Appreciate it. Yeah. Looking forward to this. So first of all, you adopted four Romanian kids. Uh, tell four us how, kids, yeah. how that came about. Just a little, just quickly share with us how that happened. Anna and I, we married young. I was 19 at our wedding. She was 20. And uh, about a year into our marriage, we were like, oh, yeah, we want to have kids. But we, we couldn't. And um, years went by. We prayed about it. Nothing happened. Then we realized maybe God wants us to adopt children. We um, looked at all the various methods like in vitro and whatever was on the market mm -hmm. and realized that there are so many kids out there who need parents, who will never ever have parents. Why go through this expensive and, and complicated, maybe even ethically questionable mm -hmm. way? I mean, many people are doing that and it was definitely an option for us too. But we said, we feel called to be there for kids who do not have parents. And right. we applied to uh, foster and to adopt. And we were put through a course in uh, the Black Forest and we were on a waiting list. But then we moved to Switzerland to do ministry there. And yep. the moment we moved in the same month, we got a call from Romania. Uh, in Romania, they knew that we were um, willing to adopt. And this is women's shelter that my mom started. It's this huge organization, one of the first women's shelters in the country. And they have very good relationships with, uh, with authorities. And uh, they're like, why don't you guys move over here and foster them and then adopt them? And, and your, wi like, your, wife's your wife's Romanian too. So that, that, that's right. That, that's right. That, that's yeah. a sort of you're in there, right? I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, let's move to Romania. <laughs> it was even, even more than that. It's kind of as if God had prepared us all our lives. I was born in Romania in the same town we're living in right now where oh, we're adopting. Yeah we would not be able to adopt or to foster in Romania if we were not citizens because Romania stopped doing international adoptions many years ago because of human trafficking. And um, wow. so they locked the country down for adoptions, which created a whole new problem because now all these kids are in orphanages and uh, wow. there's just money being pumped into that. But that's it's a whole nother problem. So right. we moved to Romania. Anna um, and I, we prayed about it. Uh, we got that call in April 2017, um, so three years ago, April, and we prayed about it for two to three months yeah. um, because it's a huge decision to adopt a child. But then four right. siblings at I once. I remember when you when you mentioned it to me, you said, "Hey, Richard, I think uh, God's calling us to adopt four kids." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, man, I will pray about that for sure." Yeah, that was exciting though. Yeah, we're so 
ready and, and, and to be used by God and to serve him. And, and after three months, we made the decision. Anna packed a suitcase of her most important belongings and moved to Romania. And she has not been back um, only for a visit or, or two since then. But, back, back, um, to, back, to Germany, in, back to Germany. Back to Germany. Back to Germany or yeah. Switzerland, just for visits. Visit yeah. friends because we, we dissolved our apartment, we dissolved everything we had yeah. and um, moved. And I was going back and forth between the countries yeah. for a little over over a year and a half. And uh, it, was, it was definitely a decision that was crazy because we thought it will take at a minimum six months but at a maximum 18 years because we've heard of families that fostered to adopt but then um, the adoption wouldn't go through and they had to remain in country Whoa. without the permission to leave the country with the foster kids until they were 18. So we knew that anything is possible uh, and we, we went to Romania knowing that that could happen. Now we're three years into the process and they told us that the adoption will be this September. So exactly three years and one month after Anna moved. You'll be able to. That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, that that's like a like a huge waiting process for you. I mean, you have and I, you expressed to me years ago a real deep calling to this. Um, so how has that calling maybe sustained you in this like this waiting time? You're like in a like in a holding pattern, basically, you know, <laughs> or how did it, tell us about that? My favorite Bible verse is actually a chapter. It's chapter 58 of Isaiah. And that is, is so deeply rooted within me where I'm like, that's exactly what I think God wants from me personally. That's my calling. He talks about the true fasting that he expects from his followers. And as I was growing up, I, I realized um, usually during worship times on Sunday mornings in, in a service, that God wants more from me than just worship him with my lips or, or with my hands by lifting them up. You know, yeah. there is my wallet and he wants me to worship him with my wallet. There is my energy, my time, and then even go beyond that and sacrificing my comfort to do what he wants from me, which is to imitate him. And, and that was the, the DNA package that led to us then wow. trying to imitate God in a way where we are like, he adopted us. Now he calls us to adopt others and that is expensive and that does cost comfort and it is painful and it and what i've learned is how god must feel like raising us or parenting us or or leading us it's incredibly hard to love but it is also how he loves us which is it's amazing <laughs> so that's, that, that's that, incredible. that prepared us for the for the adoption and right um now, three years into it, I, I don't even know what we did before. Like it's all a blur and yeah. life has It's like life has, has cha changed, like truly changed. And now you're like, how did we live before with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Also regarding youth ministry, yesterday I told Anna, like I would do youth ministry so differently knowing what I know now about parenting. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Starting with lock-ins and sugar. Like don't, I wouldn't don't feed them do, sugar anymore. Yeah, don't do lock-ins anymore. Like, I don't know what, what are youth pastors thinking? Don't do lock-ins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't. You got to go home to your family, right? And you need eight yeah. hours of sleep for that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> On the other hand, the, the funniest stories uh, are from lock-ins, right? 
So it's yeah. Are you going to tell the best? The best stuff comes from lock-ins. Actually, you're right. No, no yeah, question. Right. So the legendary. Yeah, yeah, the legendary lock-ins. Mm. Right. So yeah. okay. So you've got four kids now. Um, you're you're living in Romania, and then uh, God calls you to sort of take your knowledge in youth ministry. You 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 backed away from Young Life. Um, you you said like, hey, I'm not sit. I'm not gonna just let this holding pattern like kind of stop me. And so all of a sudden I hear from you, you're doing this Mr. Jugendarbeit thing. And I'm like, whoa, that's Andy. That's, that's, that's gold for Andy. So tell us about uh, as well, how that came about. Yeah, we loved our time with Young Life and we're so grateful for everything we've learned within Young Life. And in, in many ways, what we are doing today is an extension of, uh, or an innovation of what we did in Young Life. Um, right. The relational aspect, the incarnational way of doing ministry. And I wanted to take all the best learnings of what we learned in Young Life and inspire German youth workers. Um, in, in Young Life, my boss often said this one thing. He said, Young Life is just a vehicle, um, a, a mode of transportation for the gospel. And one day you will get out of this vehicle and you will find another vehicle. The main thing is that you you continue, you know, driving for the cause in, in a way, and and so the mission statement of our current of our new organization, Mr. Jugendarbeit, is to help introduce adolescents to Christ and help them grow in their faith. Which is, by the way, introducing adolescents to Christ and helping them grow in their faith is Young Life's mission statement. But what I did is I added one thing to it, which is we do that by training their leaders, which would be parents and teachers and youth workers. So yeah. I'm no longer doing direct ministry, yeah. but I'm equipping anyone who wants to be equipped yeah. um, by giving them the best articles, the right. best materials, the best downloads. And what, what I did is I used the connections that I had in the States uh, to youth ministry organizations. I yeah. told them about this idea that what if we start something that uh, would pool the best resources we have in the world and yeah. provide them to German youth workers, um, either for free or at a very affordable price point. And Mr. Jugendarbeit turned into what is very similar to um, the Netflix of youth ministry resources. So people can, yeah. youth workers can go to the website and find all kinds of resources, guides, and um, even uh, faith courses yeah. that will help them spend less time on preparation and focus more on relationships. That's it, man. I mean, that's what, what really struck me, what was so beneficial and helpful for youth guys. I spent so much time um, just preparing stuff, you know? Um, and and I, I wanted to, I, me personally, I wanted to prepare my talk, my weekly weekly talk, right? And, and have that be mine. But the rest of the stuff, I could have really used you years ago. <laughs> I really could have used your ministry years ago, you know, just to have resources and say, okay, a whole curriculum for small groups is just right there available. Um, I could have really used that years ago. Yeah. So, and maybe for for our listeners um, who are in youth ministry, you guys probably know there is Download Youth Ministry. There is stuff you can use. There is Project YM. There are all these amazing websites in the states. In Germany, there is none. Nothing. Nothing like yeah. it. In the UK, you have uh, Youthscape, you have Urban Saints, they create the Energized curriculum, and then you have Josiah Venture more to the east. You have all these major organizations that produce the best resources in the world. But then Germany, 
yeah. 30 years, nothing. Like what happened? Why? And well, I, I felt this calling. So I, yeah. I have to do this because I'm made for this. The, the um, fusion or uh, creating a hybrid between like typical youth ministry and digital, like yeah. bringing it all to the people. So so you you have curriculum, but you also have this digital um, platform. Like like for me, I used I used one uh, one of your games in a um, in a uh, Zoom camp that we had in our organization. Um, that was really awesome, by the way. Uh, kids love you. You, sh you should have seen them darting. There, it was it was a, a schnitzel jagd. What's schnitzel jagd? Yeah, quarantine scavenger hunt. A sca a scavenger hunt. A quarantine scavenger hunt. And the kids like yeah. as soon as I put the thing up on the screen, this you know. So we're in a Zoom call with our campers, and um, the campers would just like dart to go try and find a remote control or a, or a, some leftover food or something. It was really toilet paper, very important during the quarantine with toilet paper. Yeah. So, you know, it was just really exciting. So that was a PowerPoint presentation. You have videos, you have, you're now getting into TikTok, you're getting, you're doing, so you have curriculum, you have then, you have a newsletter for parents. One of the things that really encouraged me, what you were saying a little while ago is that some parents are responding and, and getting back to you and saying, wow, this is so helpful to understand my young person, to maybe even get the parents to be involved in their church's youth ministry. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, all all the things that we do, um, they have a proof of concept somewhere. So I'm not, I did not invent those things. I'm just copying them. I'm looking at uh, what's what's the best in the world and bring it to, to Germany. And when I think about the newsletter, uh, and in general about our ministry, I see two two cases um, where I'm thinking, sometimes I'm thinking about, um, imagine this, there is a teenage girl, she just turned 13, she comes back home from school, sits at the lunch table with her parents and says, mom, dad, I no longer believe in God. I believe only in science. Now you are wow. at the point yep. in a conversation that, that is that parents can feel, right? This is this possible. Is, this, this is happening real. To many yeah. Parents. yeah, this, this is, is real. real. Yeah. Now, what are you going to say as a mother or a father? Like, what are you going to do to um, continue building bridges, to yeah. also continue introducing Christ to them without, you know, pushing them away, scaring them away, yeah. or freezing the relationship um, and then not talking to them for, for months? What are you going to do? So here is where uh, the information comes in that we send out on a weekly basis. We try to inform parents about what is going on in, in uh, teenagers' hearts and minds, what trends are in the culture, but then also how they can address those issues um, with conversation starters. Like, here are five questions. Yeah. Ask your kid about this. Or, for example, when there is a new game console introduced, like, should you talk to your daughter or son about this? Maybe not at this point. Wait until you know the price point or wait until you know this, then ask those <laughs> questions. So we tell parents, uh, we guide parents, that's it, um, in, in a way, and also youth workers. So in, in another scenario that I'm thinking about is Eastern Germany. Imagine there is a youth worker being hired on a mini job basis yep. or for free as a volunteer. So we're talking, that person gets 400, $450 a month to do youth ministry yep. or nothing. He is in a part of Germany where racism and nationalism is running rampant. Really um, huge and where now. it's super yeah. hard to find volunteers, yeah. super hard. And now that youth pastor or he or she is challenged with how do I find volunteers? What am I going to do this weekend with my with my kids? 
Uh, youth groups usually meet on Fridays in Germany, not on, on Wednesdays or yeah. uh, on Sundays, like in the States. Wait um, a minute. So what I'm you, mean, you mean they don't have a midweek program? <gasps> midweek yeah. midweek like, program is, is different. It's, oh, it's wild. Midweek program is like sometimes like the, the, that, that, the holy grail. that holy grail of youth ministry. <sighs> Yeah, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So now you have you have this youth worker and he is underpaid. Uh, all um, the educated people are leaving to Western Germany, which where's where United Germany, but they're still moving down to Bavaria or to Baden-Württemberg, the, uh, the, the states in the south that have the money or to Switzerland or or just away, you know? So you, you are, I guess it would feel like a youth ministry in a flyover state that is not Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Not the not the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah. Not the Bible Belt. It was like you're lost. Um, it was like yeah. kind of alone. So it's the dark. It's the dark side of the moon spiritually. Really, yeah. East Germany is That's... is still had that atheistic. I mean, it it's it's a Christian nation with a, 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 a secular world with a Christian residue. You feel it somewhere. You sense it. There's big Kirchenturm everywhere. There's big church towers everywhere. But. <sighs> It's like a dark side of the moon spiritually. Anyway, you can you can pinpoint it back to communism and yeah. say that that's what that that's the price for communism. Generations to follow huge problems. Yeah. Um, and we, we have the same th here in Romania, same problem with communism. People don't trust each other, mm. and it's very difficult to to um, build bridges of, of love and and authentic relationships are very difficult. Yeah. Um, to make, especially for Romania. I mean, Eastern Germany is different. People there are real in, in Germany, much more real than, um, it's easier to be real in Germany than to be real in Romania. Interesting. So, but, but kids are playing, whatever. but kids are playing video games are playing call of duty. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're watching TikTok videos. They're, they've got internet access at the, in the hand everywhere they go. And so you're trying to leverage those those places where kids gather. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, um, so what we do is, first of all, we, we try to equip parents and, and youth workers right. by, by providing them information. And now I just started recently to, to apply all that knowledge that we're sending out to youth workers myself, because I, I, I learned from people like Brady Shearer, who has pro-church tools, that if churches and youth ministries would have used their time and energy, especially their advertising budget on Facebook and, and Instagram, not to advertise events, but rather to proclaim the gospel, wow. the world would be different right now. And they would have been ready for what came with the crisis. And, and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I want to help create little... Uh, pieces of salt and light, uh, uh, an aroma for Christ in a way on TikTok, because I mean, especially TikTok, you have statistics where you say four to 12 year olds spend about 80 minutes a day on that platform. And you're like, wait, how many are that? We have to, we have to look it up, but um, there are, I mean, here's a story. And, and this story is one year old and speaks to how relevant it is. About a year ago, I asked our uh, youth here in Romania, we also have a local youth ministry, who of your classmates uses TikTok? And they looked at me, it's like, everyone. Maybe there's one person who doesn't have a phone, but everyone uses it. Eighth grade, we're talking eighth grade last yeah. year in Romania, everyone uses TikTok. It was like a irrelevant question. Like, why did you even ask that? Like everybody does. Yeah. Like, there's not a single person here. There's The guy over there didn't have a phone, but you know, everybody has it. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, and yesterday we polled our youth workers on our Instagram account 
who are your favorite TikTokers that you're following? Now, 90% of the responses were, I'm I don't use TikTok. 90% of the youth workers who responded are not on TikTok. Wow. While one year ago, 99% of eighth grade students in Romania were on TikTok. You, you can see the discrepancy here. And it's like, you, we need to be on TikTok if we want yeah. to do a youth ministry. And we help equip parents and, and youth workers how to navigate TikTok and how to also uh, introduce adolescents to Christ on TikTok right. and help them grow their faith on TikTok. Yeah, with like a minute. And I'm so grateful for... With a minute and a half, yeah. it's tough, right? Like, how do you introduce someone? Yeah, what what I've seen from y'all is just like, there's just a, a little little bit, like here's, let's introduce people to Jesus and see like, hey, what could what kind of interest could that produce? It's really a really creative way y'all have done it so far. So compliment yeah. there. <laughs> Thanks. Actually, we have role models and, and two of the best TikTok content creators that we know of at the moment are Alex Dion Wilson. Definitely should check him out. He does the TikTok live church. And um, I just started um, talking to him. We're, we're partnering in a way where uh, I'm copying all of his videos, translating them into German. Oh, okay. And because those are the best church uh, mini sermons for, for TikTok. And then there's Liv Breadstick, for example. Okay. <laughs> Funny name. Both on TikTok, both over a million followers. Both very good, um, best best practice examples for youth yeah. workers. How What would you encourage a youth worker? So there it is. Youth workers ought to be on TikTok. How do you navigate this platform? I, mean, I was just flipping through the other day and I'm like, whoa, there is so much garbage out here. Literally, you know, um, blasting people making fun of people making fun of sexuality um i mean it's just it's flagrant in a lot of ways um besides the guy jumping off of a you know roof landing in waters so, you know that, there's a lot, a lot of stuff like that up there but you know this the, how do you how do you help a youth worker navigate that platform not get sucked into this whole thing where two hours later oh look um I just lost, wasted two hours of my life, you know, uh, or something yeah. like that. What, how do you encourage a youth worker in that? Yeah, I guess the first thing would be to realize that TikTok is something entirely different from Instagram. Yeah. In, on Instagram, you get polished, smooth, um, perfect, candid pictures and videos. Yeah. TikTok is raw and real and it's meant to be, okay. uh, meant to be like that. So on TikTok, you will find people that might be overweight or have um, missing limbs or are queer. The, the platform is much easier for them to um, to just be themselves. Okay. And and that is that is the beauty of TikTok. You can be yourself or who you feel uh, you're from, from the inside. Okay. So, and this is very attractive to young people because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, those people, they're silly and they're funny and they're different. I like that. I mean, yeah. kids laugh. My kids, when when they see um, stupid, silly humor on on a cartoon, they're like, "Oh, this is funny." And I'm like, "No, that's stupid." Okay, now <laughs> stupid works on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, stupid works. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Another thing to know about TikTok is that TikTok is evolving. Uh, in the beginning, it was very music based. Yeah. Many content creators were looking at songs first and thinking like how could it create how could i create something entertaining based on this song this song yeah. and, and and then it turned into a platform that helped the music industry discover new um, musicians new artists right today i would i see a push towards how to tutorials for example when you would go to youtube in the past to look up like how do i do a great instagram story you can do it now on tiktok 
Yeah. And the beauty of it is, while on YouTube, the average ideal video would be between four and eight minutes, on TikTok, you have a one minute cap. Yeah. Uh, it's got it. Yeah, 60 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Ideally, 15 seconds. So TikTok is fast and TikTok is entertaining. TikTok is raw and real. I guess if you want to start on TikTok as a youth minister, you'd have to ask yourself, what do I want to accomplish with my yeah. presence here? Don't just jump in. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I think um, saying like this is an account that advertises our events, you're out. Don't start it. Yeah. But interesting. If, be be if purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. If this is an account where you create uh, bits that are entertaining, um, let's say 90% entertaining and maybe 10% information, so infotainment, yeah. something like that, then then you are there. You, you just be yourself. You don't represent your ministry necessarily. You just represent your, your funny, entertaining, real raw. So stay away from branded type things, especially event-driven stuff. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, in, I would say in general, that is true for every social media platform. Yeah. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, I think you dipped into a little bit of uh, trends. We'll get to that a little bit later, but you also wanted to talk about this Grow uh, curriculum. What? Tell us about that. You started a, a partnership with Grow Curriculum in America, and um, now you're you, you're trying to translate. I'm sorry I couldn't help you with that. Um, I have so many projects at the moment. I would love to help you translate it. But uh, anyways, you're trying to translate their curriculum into German for Mr. Jugendarbeit. Uh, tell us about that. How'd that come about? Yeah. Um, Grow is part of Stuff You Can Use. And Stuff You Can Use is this amazing ministry in the States. They have a Facebook group of, I think, 25,000 youth workers. And uh, Kenny and L that are behind the Grow curriculum, they worked for Orange in the past. And about three, four years ago, they started this ministry where they um, contacted about 100 youth pastors around the world and said, let's create the best youth ministry curriculum to serve church because we love the church and we want to help youth workers by providing them with all the materials they need so they can focus on the relationships. They did that and about uh, six months ago, I reached out to Kenny and um, told him, hey, over here in Germany, we have nothing and we'd love to translate your materials. And he's like, yeah, sure, we love the church and we would like to give. And it was the most, uh, it was one of the easiest conversations. Yeah. It was like, he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, here, have it. And so we, we started building a team, put together a translation team, we used professional software, and we're working on the translation of the GROW curriculum, which is massive, massive. I, be I believe that. How, so is that like a year curriculum? What does that look like when you have it in your hand then? Yeah, when you, um, in the States, if, if you were to buy it there now, it would contain sermon series for basically every Sunday of the year. It would contain games for every week. It would contain social media graphics for Instagram, for Facebook, for uh, stories. It would contain bumper videos for your sermon series. It would contain uh, a planning kit uh, that would help you outline the entire, uh, plan the entire year, um, which topic, which focus. It would contain events that you would do with parents, events that you would do with volunteers. It contains copy, a pre-written copy that you can send out to your volunteers. Like, hey, this month, guys, we will be talking about this. Here's how you can prepare. Here's how you can pray. Also copy that you can copy and paste into the newsletter that goes to parents. It wow. contains copy for direct messages. So basically, anyone could run a youth ministry that loves Jesus and loves kids just by picking that up and just going for it. Wow. So so this is this you're you're trying to translate all that material at the moment. 
what we're doing is we're starting small and we're, we're, we're looking at what German um, youth workers really need because the culture is very different. Yeah. We don't have a, um, we didn't have youth pastors celebrity culture. So we, 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 we did not have that, uh, <laughs> that whole phase in youth ministry development, which means we never had youth pastors who sold their servants for $50 and their games for $25. And uh, we also did not- celebrities, oh man. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a whole thing. That it is. It's I, a whole thing. You're right. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, we also didn't have um, the revolution of that whole industry where they're like, okay, here are cheap websites, subscription-based websites where you can get everything for like $10 or $15. We did not have that. And so we jumped over all of that. Now we're starting at, um, we don't even know if youth workers in Germany, in Austria and Switzerland are willing to purchase something that is not created by them. and. and so we're, we're yeah. telling them we, we give you something but we don't give you everything so you can still innovate and create so they can feel good about themselves that they're yeah. innovating and creating. well that that was for me too in youth ministry i wanted something that i could innovate a little bit use a little bit and say ha this is really great in this setting um and and apply it in different different scenarios like like our, our camps every year it was when i was a youth pastor uh we went to one of the biggest best camps in the united states called hume lake but but their program was basically done and packaged and everything was there. What the good was about that was I could go and just kind of be a youth pastor and just be there and build relations with my kids. But I didn't have any say in any of the curriculum of the entire week. And so that was, you know, I wanted to have a little bit of control over the stuff too, but that's, that's interesting. It's a tough balance. You know, what do youth pastors really want? Uh, what can they really use? But it seems like you're trying to really get a balance here between both. What we're trying to do is we're giving them everything. Uh, we we're giving them, for example, for a sermon series, those are the ones that we're translating first. We're giving yeah. them the small group questions separately. If they just want to have conversational style meetings, and if they want to preach, we are giving them the sermon guides and and or a mix of both so they can preach a bit and then ask small group questions. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, they have everything in there. And uh, yeah, th then you'll charge a, a few bucks for that uh, per month or is that within the Mr. Jugendarbeit uh, package altogether? What, what's what's that, that about? Yeah, we have been trying to figure out what the best business model is because we yeah. um, we, we started out raising donations like individ individuals and we're still dependent. 99% of where the money comes from is donations from people in the States, in Germany and in Switzerland that are saying like, we want to help you guys inspire youth workers so they can reach kids better. Yeah. And to build a sustainable model, we created the All Access Pass, which is uh, 9.99 fee a month where youth workers can basically download everything at once that we yeah. offer yeah. <clears throat> and because we continually upload basically every week a new game and once a month a new sermon series it is worth it to stay subscribed we might have to uh, create something like a seasonal calendar where we're saying like this month there will be new products coming on and then the next month old products will fade away so there's a last chance to yeah we're figuring that out yeah yep. okay cool yeah so this grow curriculum is is a is a thing but um you also wanted to spend some time uh i hope i i don't exactly know my listenership honestly but uh i hope a few youth pastors are listening i hope a few pastors are listening that's that's who i do this show for um and so tell us about uh, what you're seeing right now in youth trends you touched on it a little bit with your with your uh, little analysis of TikTok there, but uh, what do you see as the most exciting trends in youth culture? 
uh, and youth ministry, and maybe also touch on if you see it in church ministry as well. What are some exciting things you're seeing? What I have noticed, I think that would be one of the major takeaways from last year is that um, this current generation values the environment like no other generation before them. And this is a huge opportunity for youth ministries. If you choose to address um, the environment and, and uh, climate change, because what studies show us is that if you want to reach youth that are outside of the church and you are silent about these topics, it's very likely that they will shy away from you because you're A, not relevant, and, and B, you don't seem to care about what they care about. Does this make sense? Yep. Yeah. I think this will be one of the make, and make or break factors when you want to reach new kids. Um, that you, in your youth ministry, you have to address the environment and climate. Let me ask you this Especially question as sort, of, as sort of a follow-up question. What, what about those who are not truly convinced about, I mean, I, I'm not a climate change denier. I, I've, I think that personally that, that some of those climate, uh, uh, let's say the data point to different things. Uh, I've done a, a, a curriculum, actually, a, a curriculum for a master's degree program on sustainability. Um, and I think some of the data points to different stuff. So how, if you're if you're not totally convinced as as that CO2 and, and uh, emissions and all this stuff uh, are are the problems, um, how do you how do you challenge those guys to engage this topic with youth ministry, with youth who see that as as priority number one? How, how do you? encourage guys to engage that who might not necessarily uh, agree on the data. Yeah. If you want to build a relationship, you want to care about what your conversation partner cares about. You want to listen and you want to understand. And if, if we do that with teenagers, even if they believe crazy, stupid things, we're not telling them that they're stupid. Right, right, we're right. telling them, oh yeah, you think that? Interesting. We, we still care more about the person behind that opinion and we seek to understand. And right. if, if it's for us a make or break thing, um, if we believe or don't believe in climate change, I think that should be secondary in, in our relationship with teenagers because we're first and foremost called to serve Jesus, imitate him and introduce him to our young friends, love them. And, um, so how do you, how does how, how do you engage yeah. it then? How does Mr. Jugendarbeit or how 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 would you encourage youth workers to engage that that particular issue with teenagers? Do it via social media, interpersonal relationships. How do you engage that, and what are some ways that will at least win the hearing of young people in this in this particular issue? Do something. I think do, do, that do is something. what that is yeah. what they want to do. I mean, they they see there is a problem and they they want to have a solution to it. And if you do something or offer them an opportunity to speak up and say like, "Hey guys, what do you want to do to change the world into a better place?" Because that's the desire behind it. It's they okay. want to they want to and they want to bring about positive change. So why not take that and turn it into something good? By you know, yeah. back in the day, you used to do mission trips. Now you can do environment trips where you also proclaim the gospel while you're cleaning up a lake or you know, right. whatever. Um, exactly. That's one aspect of it. Um, what I see, and this is this is not just youth ministry typical. This is throughout the all the social medias. Um, you would have filter bubbles, right? People, yeah. the algorithms, because the internet is so full of information, and this information needs to be sorted for you to. Um, find what what piques your interest 
And in order for that to happen, um, oftentimes people are exposed to more radical thoughts of what they are already interested in. Uh, here's an example. Right. Very, yeah. very simple. Yeah. So if, if I were to look up cameras um, one week and then the next week I would open my Google, it would recommend all these articles about cameras to me. Right. So this, is, this is Google News as an example. And then teenagers, they're interested in, in all kinds of things, but algorithms usually show them things they're interested in. And then it's heading a more radical route. Now, knowing that is that um, many teenagers have not developed their brains fully yet. They're, they're adolescents that they're becoming, yeah. right? Their brains are becoming. And, and because of that, um, they it's easy, and it's also for adults the case, to look for the easiest answer possible, the scapegoat. Right. And that is a trend or, or something that we're confronted with more and more often. It's radical ideas yeah. that are... Um, so that's uh, how that's how extremists get radicalized anyways they're look at they're clicking on the next thing and they just click oh look at that and that and that i'm interested in that and so they'll click on this article this video this or that and it just leads them down sort of a rabbit hole of of radicalization is that what you're exactly. getting at? yeah and and then once a week you have that meeting with them by then they're loaded up they're charged up with information exactly. that is yep. one directional simple yep. answers and yep. then they're like did you know that you need to take out the 5G antenna from the mask? Otherwise, Bill Gates will shut you down. Like, I didn't know. No. Like, you believe that. There are people that believe that. Like, yeah, yeah. why do you believe that? Like, um, how do you call these um, these theories? Conspir where conspiracy, conspiracy theories and stuff. Theories. Yeah. That's yeah. A, a huge problem in youth ministry right now. Conspiracy theories. Because right. so their, their brains are developing. They are looking for easy answers that provide them safety. And what we are challenged to do as youth workers, because we are further along the way should be further along the way and should be more loving and more patient to and and here i here's the, here's the word to live in a constant tension of not giving easy answers of seeking yeah. to understand and and here is what i see as one of the the core things that we do as a ministry we are helping parents to see what is going on in their heart to track with what has influenced them and then also to, to position themselves where they're not giving the opposing answer that would instantly cause a conflict or a fight, but that would open up a way for them to come out of their rabbit hole. Yeah, so what you've got, you've got kids coming to youth ministries all over the world, not just in Germany or wherever, but, but all over in America and, and uh, all sorts of different places that do youth ministry, hopefully. Uh, um, and they uh, and they come in and they're all hopped up on conspiracy theory, this or that, or who knows, whatever, right? And they've got this kind of, maybe they're already, set, they're just ready for one word or one thing to set them off. And they're like, you, you know, this is the conspiracy. This is going to change the world, blah, 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 or, or not. Or they have, are they, are they totally jaded to that type of material that they get fed on social media? And, uh, you know, whether someone has realized, Hey, there's algorithms that are trying to reach your brain, um, to get you to buy this or that or whatever. Uh, I think, I think youth can kind of see that too, but Mr. Jugendarbeit is trying to position itself to help youth workers parents, those uh, dealing with youth on a typical basis to say, hey, let's just deal with stuff, but let's not just give easy answers like the algorithm algorithms are doing, uh, right? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you have to hold out the tension. And this is especially true for the hot iron topics or the hot topics, mm -hmm. which would be um, LGBTQ, um, 
which would be environment, uh, mm -hmm, climate, mm -hmm. and then especially right now, all the the theories, um, the, the crazy theories Con out there. Conspiracy theories, yeah, yeah. That's the word, yeah. Conspiracy yeah. theories. Verschwör yeah. Verschwörungstheorien, yeah. Yeah. In German. So uh, so let's move on. So uh, I wanted to ask you a question too. So we those are exciting trends. We're, uh, Mr. Jugendarbeit is trying to leverage those things. Churches ought to be leveraging those things for, for the gospel. Um, hey, let's go do a mission trip here and there. Go to Africa this year instead of, of you know building something. Let's uh, let's clean up a, a neighborhood, a village, whatever. Let's do something. Do something, right? Uh, at least t stick your foot in the fire, so to speak. Um, and then, uh, so those are exciting things, opportunities. What do you see as troubling trends uh, right now in the in the youth culture movement? And and if you have an answer, or if you have at least a direction, maybe um, that youth pastors, churches. Uh, my listeners could at least engage in and say, hey, let's try to answer this challenge here. What, what do you see as some challenges? Yeah, um, I see a few challenges that are, you know, coming up on, on TikTok, for example, they would be considered troubling. <laughs> I was, yeah, like eating cereal out of each other's mouths and filming yourselves. Like, there's bacteria in there. And then <laughs> wh why would you, why would you do that? Right? Or why would you, why would you lick an airplane toilet seat as a challenge in TikTok? Like, I don't know, like your Just parents. Just to see if you can you gather anything. as much bacteria as possible in one, in one yeah. swallow. I don't know. <laughs> so there, yeah. there are of course these, these stupid trends, trends and, and uh, they are, um, <laughs> special enough that that kids want to copy them or at least are fascinated by uh, them. yeah hey look um, hey look that guy licked a toilet seat let's try it yeah <laughs> and then um i think um the call out culture um that's that's troubling where um people are calling other people out for racism for example or mm -hmm. for sexual abuse uh, just recently somebody said um justin bieber had sexually abused her um, yeah. But he could he could at least prove that he was not present at that time in that state by by showing his restaurant receipts. Yeah. But we, we see this increasing this hostile calling out uh, culture, which which by the way hurts people's future job opportunities. Like so people I think are it's being denied from exactly. Colleges. So I think it's called the cancel culture in America or calling out culture, where you just say just kind of explain it a little bit, where someone they see someone made a maybe a sideways statement that could be construed as racist and they say, oh, they're racist. And so they, they, they call them out on Twitter or some kind of social platform, public figure, maybe, maybe not so public, whatever, maybe just a cake owner, a, a, rest, a cake store owner who didn't want to uh, make a cake for homosexual um, wedding or something like that. And they call them out on the, their platform and then they cancel them, cancel culture. They lose a job. They lose they lose their livelihood. Truly. I don't know about Be the Bieber incident, but yeah, I mean, those things uh, are happening. Um, do you see an answer for that? Do you see uh, I mean, there's this there's this tension sort of rising. Um, underneath most social media platforms where where kids are i don't know there there is this angst sort of can you yeah you have it you see a, a hope or a, a way forward for that <laughs> taking time off on a regular basis and mm -hmm. and seeking to love and understand people and that sounds like so simple but right. it's so difficult because we, we see christians nearly you know last week for example i have been uh, called 
not a believer have been called like that i'm not promoting it's like my faith yeah. was um wurde mir abgesprochen was that um uh, was really uh, challenged or yeah no, some, somebody said i'm not a, i'm not a christian like yeah after after they had watched one of my videos i'm like oh wow that's new or somebody else said because i'm wearing a certain type of clothing in the comment section that i should choose whether i want to advertise for christ or advertise for that brand that i was wearing at the time like <laughs> oh, i didn't even notice i was wearing that hoodie um and so right. i think people people yeah they're looking at the How details yeah they're looking at the details and the minutia and seeing how i can critique it's sort of the uh, take the plank out of your own eye before you can uh look to remove the speck from your brother's eye is that maybe a little yeah. bit what what i see yeah. is this is like a leadership thing um for anyone who was in, in leadership also before there was social media people in leadership usually were attacked um, for what they're doing or because they were just on a pedestal and usually what um, whose leaders are being attacked and now we, we just see it in a higher frequency and it happens right. to all kinds of people that are leading in certain ways or creating content right so content creators they can they can create they're sending this material out and people can attack them behind their own and hide behind their own computer screen Right. I mean, it's yep. it's it's anonymous in some way and they can just reach out and say, hey, uh, your T-shirt. Why were you why were you uh, promoting the North Face? I mean, come on. Why don't you just promote Jesus all the time? What's wrong with you, Andy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, th this is this is wild because there is some sort of anonymity within um, youth ministry. And I, I mean, I used to call my kids that like if I'm if I got I know I know this kid's a Christian. And he's doing stuff or saying stuff behind his phone and hiding sort of a little bit be in, behind the anonymity of it. I would go and to confront him, man. Like, look, bro, can you do that? Are you able, you know, now I had decent, really tighter relationships with some of those kids. Um, but yeah, this is a big challenge. I think the anonymity thing is probably what it comes down to there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one, it, it, they think they are not seen yeah. Uh, but Google CEO, uh, he said that if you don't want people to know what are you doing online, then right. don't do it. Don't do it. Because we know. <laughs> now, the, here's the challenge too with TikTok. Like you said, the average watcher and so is like four to 11. These kids have actually, they, they think it's anonymous probably. Really, honestly, they don't really know. I mean, my daughter, 11 years old, fifth grade, is has spent this whole Corona time now on Zoom calls online. She spent eight hours a day before a computer screen doing her schoolwork. I would have never allowed that had this situation not happened, right? Because she's mm -hmm. not able, she's not able to understand the depth. I, I don't understand the depth of the internet. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so how are these 11 year olds, how do we need to help them navigate this in some way and, and help them understand what they're facing, you know, when they post something or when, mm -hmm. I mean, I would encourage to keep your kids, if you're a parent, keep your kids off the internet as much as possible. But yeah, it's it's almost impossible in this day and age. Yeah, that's the tension we're facing. Like, you know that our, if our kids spend too much time looking at their screens, they will likely uh, be more depressed. And they yeah. don't know why. They don't know why they're feeling sad all of a sudden or and we, we need to teach them how to you know go for walks or you know take breaks where they're moving. Right. Um, screen time is, is a big issue screen and the time depression is, huge, is connected yeah. with it. Yeah.
Yeah. So, of course, we, we know the gospel's the answer to all these challenges, right? Uh, tell us uh, how you see or how how that message can meet the needs of the present youth culture and maybe what vehicles you talked about the vehicle it was with young life for you what vehicles do you see most valuable in delivery at the moment in delivering the gospel to teenagers yeah like if i were a youth pastor in the states and um, was looking for the right tools for what i'm facing right now the cultural shifts I would I would probably subscribe to the Axis newsletter, which is a ministry from Colorado Springs. They are doing research and they're writing articles that help parents navigate the cultural shifts. So be access.org. That cool. is one of the most valuable tools to mm -hmm. understand um, because it's every week it's great articles mm -hmm. and to present the gospel right now. I mean, the old principles still apply. If you mm -hmm. want to present the gospel, then copy Jesus. He did that over meals. So if it, if, if mm -hmm. it were possible, invite teenagers for a meal or invite yourself to a meal with them. I don't know. Yeah. You could cook with them. You could take them out to a restaurant or you could home deliver a meal and say like, let's set up a Zoom call. We'll talk. And um, while you're eating your yeah. meal at home and while I'm at, at my place and we're just talking. Just a, Zoom, a Zoom dinner. That's awesome. That might actually be a pretty cool event. Or event sorry but have a your, your small group and everybody invite everybody to bring their dinner with yeah let's let's yeah let's sup together bro and, and then <laughs> love is time wasted in a positive way like if you if you spend your time into a relationship by just listening it's the most difficult thing to sit down with my kids and just listen to them um and and just do not and just not perform. So I have to hit the brakes sometimes. And it's same with with uh, youth ministry. Just spending time with kids and just seeing how a conversation evolves, and that also online. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, you wanted to share some about video ministry too. Um, and now Andy's a a pro. He's. Uh, really develop this gift uh this ability with video ministry he actually said before we started the call he said he wished he had studied video ministry um a little bit more than theology but that's okay hey you know it, the, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we all make mistakes right yeah yeah <laughs> so uh but uh tell us share with us how you um first of all how you have leveraged um video ministry or vi video editing etc taking camera you know all this stuff um for youth ministry tell us first how you've done it and how you've kind of come along in the vlogging area and stuff like that yeah many years ago one of my teenagers came to me and said like hey andy do you know casey neistat i'm not no who's that he's a vlogger yeah. from new york i'm like oh let me see him and after i watched the third video i was done i'm like i want to do this yeah. Uh, and I, I went out, I bought my first camera, um, an EOS 70D. I bought a Joby tripod that he was using at the time. I bought the Rode video mic, it's still here. That one um, there, yeah. <laughs> in, in frame. Um, and I started vlogging. I, I vlogged about our youth ministry and I found other youth pastors vlogging. And, and from there it evolved. I, I studied uh, on how to become an influencer. Um, somebody who's really good at teaching that would be um, Think Media, Sean Cannell. He used yep. to be a campus pastor and now he's doing this ministry uh, where he's teaching 
business people and also pastors, whatever, to leverage their message and their, their ministry online. I actually watched Here's a lot of think media uh, for this time, this Corona crisis, to try to help me figure out how to get uh, better my cameras and, and my ability to, yeah, so he's been really helpful, think media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I follow a lot of YouTubers, vloggers, and um, and realized one of the, a few of the learnings along the way is you learn how to, you know, that you don't need 45 minutes for a sermon. If you can do it in 30 seconds on, on TikTok, the probability of it being heard by more than the 50 or 200 people that would listen to you on a Sunday, yeah. um, you you can reach hundreds of thousands with the same message. If you, if you condense it, make it entertaining, it helps you. Um, and then now with the crisis, I, I realized that social media is social ministry. The digital realm, like everything we do online, is no longer just something we do on the side. It is. It has become life to yeah. to most of us. What I mean by that is that you can see now churches, especially in the states, hiring youth pastors for digital only positions. So you don't have to be in the same state working for the church, uh, but you do online ministry. You reach out to kids online. You create content for. The yeah. TikTok account or for the Instagram account, and that is, that is unheard of. It was unheard of before. Yeah. Like thinking about it, that you could hire somebody, but uh, th that's the trend from from local ministry to virtual ministry. And I think we will have we will see some kind of hybrid in the future, where where you have churches or organizations that have some people local and other people virtual. This uh, allows also for a much higher quality. Think about right. You're you're a pastor in rural rural America, and you are looking for an assistant. Uh, traditionally, you would hire the first best person that would come to mind that lives in the same town. But right. now, you can go online uh, to one of many services that would provide a virtual assistant to you, and that person would be a pro. You would have much better results, and, and your ministry would be more effective. So right. that's that's some of the shifts we're seeing from local to um, online or, or digital. So That's uh, how quick, ministry changes, yeah. Let, let me ask you this then. So the average youth guy, how can he leverage right now what he has in his office, in his pocket, um, on his computer, uh, whatever he has right now for kingdom work through video? Is it what? What can you give us as a quick advice there? Oh yeah, the best thing you can buy. It, let's say your budget is one thousand dollars. The best device you can buy that would um, solve ninety nine percent of your needs would be an iPhone. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, iPhone has the best best camera. It has an, an amazing microphone. You can do podcasts. You can go to Anchor.fm and upload your podcast with the iPhone. You can film in a wide angle. Um, yeah. It's it's amazing. You can create content for TikTok. You can live stream on Facebook directly from the device. Set it up on a yeah. tripod. iPhone is definitely the best thing to to do. And then yeah. when you're ready, you can always upgrade to a bigger camera. But usually, um, people say. Uh, the simpler, the better. You need simple and reliable, and okay. something like an iPhone would be in your pocket at all times. So it would be yep. a, a device that would uh, help you create um, much easier. Because I like this is the camera that we're using to film TikTok videos. Yep. It's an EOS R, a mirrorless camera, and uh, the cam guy he'll just hold it like this while um, I would be on the other side, and we would yep. film it. Something like this is super expensive. Like looking at the lens alone and then the camera body, we're talking $3,000. Yeah, right. It's amazing 
the quality that you get out of it. But, but it's expensive. <laughs> and it and it and it requires knowledge, and it requires yeah. a lot of time spent before you can shoot. And then you need to understand color grading. So. With an iPhone, you don't need to understand color grading. You don't need to set your levels of, of audio. You just, you know, it's hold up the camera and you start pretty talking. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. And if I were a pastor today, this is what I tell my friends, don't put your sermons online. Instead, like hold, sit in the office and for five minutes, just hold the camera and recap the best thought of your sermon yeah. by starting out with the question like, uh, with a question that people have. For example, what if my marriage is failing? What can I do? So about, hey guys, I want to talk about marriages yeah. and why they're failing and how um, our church could help you. Everybody will be all ears and the next five minutes will have your attention and that needs to go up on social media. Like posts that are how-tos that help solve problems that are short. Yeah. And you can do that with an iPhone. No need to buy expensive equipment. And you can just live stream that right away to, to somewhere. Facebook, hey, I, I want to take a few minutes, five minutes here, just share yeah. with you the, the, the um, contents of the sermon the other day. And boom. And don't do it. Don't, don't, don't drone on. <laughs> just do the highlights, right? Yeah, so very good. Uh, man, Andy, this has been a great discussion. Um, let's let the, let's uh, kind of come to a conclusion here. Uh, we've been talking for quite a bit here already. Um, so what? give us an encouraging verse, you know, something that's been really meaningful to you in the building of Mr. Jugendarbeit, how you've... Uh, how you've seen God call you to this uh, to this ministry and to build this from scratch, basically, um, give us some kind of encouraging verse, or some kind of uh, encouragement that you've held on to during this time um, to to really give the person listening some some really good solid uh, uh, spiritual encouragement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are so many. Let, let me give you a few. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start with one. Um, that uh, I think it's in, the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. Um, but I tell you, um, my, my grace is enough. And if you yeah. are weak or if you feel weak, that is not just okay, but it's also giving me, says God, and gives God room to show up mm. with his strength in your life. So if you feel weak, know that God will use you and he will work through you. And actually, this is how his grace is being shown to other people. So if you feel weak, imperfect, or, or just not like mm. you can compete at this level, you can yeah. be encouraged. God yeah. is at work in you. And the weaker you feel, the more you can rely on and experience his grace. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that has helped me. <clears throat> You got that nail on the head. Uh, uh, that's uh, that verse is found just so our listeners can hear. Second Corinthians twelve nine, and the story. Just a little bit of background. Paul has had this vision. Um, Jesus showed him uh, really things that should not have been uttered, and he and he said because of it, God gave him a thorn in the flesh, some kind of physical suffering, some kind of really deep suffering. A lot of people think it was uh, vision impairment, some kind of blindness or something eyesight problem and he said in that though he asked the lord to take this thing from him this struggle three times he take it away from me and on the third time the lord said my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in your weakness so as andy said when you're underway and trying to do something for the lord trying to start something trying to be a church entrepreneur in some way um god's grace is sufficient for you 
his power is made perfect in your weakness. If you think you come to a wall, you're hitting a wall, bam, 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 bam. Know that God's grace is sufficient for you. That word, thanks Andy for that, that's great. And here, here's another one I think that, that could fit really well. I used to believe that I want to do great things for God. And with that, <clears throat> I let uh, pride take root in my heart. And mm. God used many situations in my life to, to bring me down. I mean, living in Romania, being cut off from Western civilization, not having access to so many awesome foods or, or things. Yeah. Technology is so hard to get by and it's overpriced. Many limitations and and also not being able to you know speak the language, like walking to a store and being being humbled that way, like yeah. uh, speaking in, in, in a third language, right? Uh, God used all that to to humble me, and what I had what had changed is my thinking that I'm no longer doing great things for God, but that I'm doing things for a great God, for wow. my great God, and that is a perspective shift that always needs to happen because. Of course, you're going to feel weak and you're going to feel like a loser or like a sinner as long as you look at at a version that you had of yourself that was proud. But the moment you realize how great God is and that he deserves worship and he deserves praise and that your life is about him, um, the focus will move away from your problems to the way he sees you and you are much, it's much easier to perform and to serve and to produce content to serve youth if you do it for a great God and not for mm. your ego or for the yeah. numbers. Because youth ministry, I mean, let's face it, what is this a 16, 17 month gig on average, maybe three years? <laughs> yeah. The relationships that will come out of this will last much longer. And there's one relationship that will last forever. And that is the one with your God. And as long as you don't see him as great, uh, there's a, a a key keystone problem in your relationship. Wow. Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, thanks for these uh, words. Uh, you know, I, I've spent my the majority of my adult life in youth ministry, and uh, sometimes I think oh, I've got it all together. I know what I'm doing, uh, but. Uh, whenever when I talk to Andy, uh, there's always some new aspect that I hadn't seen before. And I really appreciate that uh, in you, Andy. You're always researching. You're always learning. You're always moving, not, not ever sitting still. And I uh, always appreciate talking to you because of that, because I'm always learning, always moving. And I feel like you're taking me with. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, Andy, tell us now, um, what, where can we connect with you? Where can we connect? So German, hopefully there's a lot of Germans listening too. That'd be great. Um, so we can empower these guys and girls and youth ministry. Where can we connect with you? Uh, can we get your subscription right on the website? Tell us all that information. Yep. So if you go to mrjugendarbeit.com, you will find it, the website, and you can subscribe right away. Um, we have a Facebook page. It's also at Mr. Jugendarbeit. We have a Facebook group, a community for youth workers. We have about 700 German-speaking youth workers in there, experts in youth ministry who are encouraging one another, who are passing on ideas, who are positive, and who are asking questions. So if you feel like you, you have something to contribute, go to that community, contribute. If you feel like you need answers to questions that are burning on your heart right now, go to that community. It's all Mr. Jugendarbeit. Same on YouTube, at Mr. Jugendarbeit. Same on TikTok, at Mr. Jugendarbeit. Same on Instagram, at Mr. Jugendarbeit. Wait, get the idea. Uh, you, and, you get uh, the branding. I love it. Keep the branding consistent. <laughs> yeah. 
I hope we never have to change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> <laughs> it's all gonna stay. Hopefully, it's staying. Yeah. All right. So is that is that it? Is that uh, all those uh, all the things you wanted to give us for connecting? That's it. Yep, I think yeah, go to the website, mrjugendarbeit.com, check out the blog post. We have great authors. We're actually yep. a team, and I, I failed to say that. We have yeah. 15 people working on content every week, and those are amazing youth pastors. For example, if German-speaking youth pastors are in need of coaching or counseling, they can just contact our yeah, customer yeah. support on the website. They're youth pastors who are currently working in youth ministry, and they are have been set free by their organizations or their churches to spend a few hours each week Wow. Serving other youth pastors. So that's, we're, a, yeah. that's a huge help right there. That by itself for, for German youth workers is just, you have 15 people at your access who can help you, can coach you. Hey, I've got a, I'm running into a wall here. I need some help. That yep. by itself is pretty solid. So um, tell me now, um, no youth pastor, a parent hears this. They say, man, this sounds like a great thing. How can they support you? maybe financially, um, they're not necessarily connected to youth ministry. They don't, they can't sign up for the 999 thing. It doesn't really help them personally, but they're, they believe in your vision. They believe in what you're doing. Tell them how they can support you. Yeah. So we are, as a family, we're working with the Swiss Mission Fellowship and we, we raise funds through that. And if you want to support us financially for the adoption or for the ministry, you can um, donate to the Swiss Mission Fellowship in, uh, in Switzerland and to uh, the German Mission Fellowship, the DMG in Germany. If uh, just write us a message over, over, over the website, we'll provide you with the, the right information. We'll create also a, a donate button on the website eventually. But until then, you, yeah. can, you can also just subscribe to the All Access Pass yeah. without downloading anything. And that will also be considered support for our yeah. team to create new resources. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll provide all those links uh, in the description here in, in our podcast and on, on the video. So uh, Andy, man, uh, many, many thanks for coming on and for sharing your wisdom, sharing your entrepreneurial spirit for the church, for youth ministry. Um, it was a blessing. I hope it blessed you, the reader, too. Thanks for listening to Churchpreneurs Podcast. You can find out more information at my website about Churchpreneurs at Richard P. Moore. Net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter if you do that. I know, Andy, I'm a little old school. I still tweet. Um, but uh, my Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. You can also email us if you want to reach out on that way. You can email us at churchpreneurs at gmail.com. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any comments or questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care. Thank you, Richard. Uh,